Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, from the Holding Court Podcast. See, ACP is where the streets and black excellence meet. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, on the Holding Court Podcast, broadcasting live from California and IA. You see how, how I added that producer again? Yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed recently. You noticed that? Yeah. I don't know. I just recently. pulled that out of my ass, bro. But I don't know. I like the the, the, the ring to it. Um, man, once again, once again, it's on. You know, uh, we got a special guest in the house, bro. I don't say that lightly. The thing about it is this man, he doesn't get enough credit. He's like, I mean, his his contribution to hip hop is grossly overlooked, you know, but that's why I wanted to bring him on the show so we can let it be known what it is. Man. I'm a Sacramento guy, Sebo guy. You, like, you got to give respect to this man <laughs> and a contribution. Exactly. And a contribution exactly. to the legends. Exactly. And this is what we do, bro. We like to bring people on the show to highlight their testimonies and give them their flowers. We got the West Coast legend, Rhythm D. What's up with you, my brother? What's up, man? Good That's to good. be here, man. Glad, blessed, all of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Good to have you, bro. Um, we was just joking a minute ago when you just got here, bro. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that uh, Matt Barnes and Silk the Shocker are the only two people that came to this show that's taller than me. Right. right? Now, I'm 6'3". I ain't super tall. Right. Your ass walked in here looking like an NBA champion, bro. How tall are you, man? Um, I'm 6'5". 6'5". Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or 6'6", or six, six, one of them. I, I think you're about 6'6", six, six, yeah. bro. Yeah. I think yeah. me and Kobe about the same height. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah, bro. You Man, so you never picked up a ball? You never got into basketball or nothing like uh, that? I wasn't really good at it. I, I sucked at it. Really? I didn't have no handles. Um, I maybe had a shot. All the homies was laughing at school. But uh, I played football in in the hood in baseball. Okay. Like I was good at baseball ah, growing up. Okay. And, what uh, position? I'm curious. Uh, I was a pitcher and uh-huh. I was a left fielder. Okay. So I could catch it and I could pitch. Okay. You know. All right. Well, you made up uh, for it with the keys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's something I was always in when uh-huh. I was uh, growing up. Yeah. Since yeah. I was like five years old, yeah. I've been into music. You know. Okay. Well, so, we gonna get into it. Where you from, bro? I'm from South Central <laughs> LA. South Central. Born and raised. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Where, where at? What hood? Uh. Well, before I was uh, before I was 14, it was a Trey. Okay. And around 84, it turned neighborhood. Okay. And so okay. I grew up. In neighborhood, and then on the other side was uh, what was on the other side? Over the, there were six O's. Okay. Uh, on the other side of like Arlington, all the way up to uh, you know. Was they, was they the AG boys back then? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For those that's listening that don't know what he's saying, the A Trey Gangster Crips, uh, which turned into the neighborhood Crips. And rolling sixty cribs. That's what yeah. he's talking about. The South Central. Uh, I'm about to say South Central Cartel. South Central. <laughs> South Central. Yeah. Los Angeles. Uh, uh, gang politic. Right. Um, man. What? So what? What kept you from going astray and not getting into the gang banging? Hip hop. Okay. Um, I've always been into music all my life. Like since I was like, <clears throat> I would say like five or six years old when I heard the theme song to SWAT. You know, mm-hmm. my parents had bought me like an old uh, upright piano from church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted, anytime I heard sounds or anything, that's all I heard in uh-huh. my brain, you know, when I was, you know, just sitting there as a kid. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, let me see if I can, you know, teach myself how to play piano. Yeah. So I went in there and I just started 
you know, jingling around on the keys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started seeing that I could possibly do this. You know, okay. I think at the end of the day, you kind of can feel if you have it, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and then, you know, if it, if it comes slightly easy, right. Uh, I had a, I had a slightly easy way of learning how to play what I heard. Okay. So I was, taught myself how to play the theme song the SWAT. I don't know if you're, you know, wow. that's a uh, SWAT. Now I don't remember that. Uh, that that's actually sampled in, uh, I'm bad by LL. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go da, look at da, that. Da, 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 that's, so that's is that SWAT. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You talking about at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. Okay. So what I'm was that a TV show? Yeah, it was a TV show okay. in 1975. I'm gonna have to they, go look it up. Then. Yeah, they remade yeah. it with Samuel L. Jackson, you know, in the early okay. 2000s. So, okay. You know, it was, but it had, a, it was piano based. Okay. And I learned how to play it. And then from there, I just started listening to a lot of Quincy Jones mm -hmm. and, you know, just records that my dad had and blues and uh -huh. all that. So I just got more and more in, in depth uh -huh. with trying to hear music. And okay. so, you know, that just that led me on a path. So, okay. So you, know, you were already musically inclined. Yeah. Um, so anybody in your family play instruments, sing, anything uh, my, like that? My dad, he could sing a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my mom, she could sing, but she was a model mm -hmm. from back in like the old Jet uh, magazine days. She, really? Yeah, she modeled. Dope. You know, it's funny, uh, my my uh, sister uh, found some pictures of her. You know, when your parents are growing yeah. up and they tell you about their stories, yeah. you kind of doubt that. You know, when yeah. you're just sitting at the dinner table and, and your mom is like, yeah, I used to model and I know this person. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but uh, later on, I think my sister and my uh, yeah. my daughter found, they Googled her, Googled her name mm -hmm. and they took away my dad's last name and put her maiden name in Yeah, and all of her pictures and magazine covers from Jet Magazine. Damn, what was up. your mom's name? Her, her name is Connie Hatton. Hatton? Yeah, yeah, Constance Hatton. So okay. if you Google Constance Hatton on, uh, okay. on Jet Magazine, <clears throat> all of her. Because the viewers gonna they gonna do that. They oh, gonna Google, hey. yeah. Google, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They go Google. Yeah. Uh, yeah. damn, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. So growing up in South Central LA, I mm -hmm. mean, what was the climate like? Like, what was your family life like? Uh, my family life was like, uh, I would say that it was a cross between good times mm -hmm. and uh, the Huxtables. So we were kind wow. of like a okay. We kind of like middle, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. upper yeah. middle uh, class until it changed a little bit and things got a little rougher. Yeah. Then we, you know, we yeah. kind of steady. My dad was a blue collar worker. Okay. So he took care of the whole family. Mom and pop stayed together. And nice. Yeah. We had, you know, I had nice. two sisters. I'm the youngest boy. So. Okay. How did, how did that, that crack era, how did that affect you or affect uh, your, your family, if any, if at all? It didn't affect my family, mm -hmm. uh, but later on it affected my, affected my personal life. Mm. Uh, okay. But uh, it's, you know, that, that happened pretty deep okay. uh, with me in my personal life. Okay. Um, but not me per se, just somebody that I cared about. Real deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I got but, you. But uh, it affected the neighborhood. Yeah. And the neighborhood kind of went sour. Yeah. Uh, all of the blocks were selling it. Yeah. You know, first they started off selling weed, right. you know, probably around 85. Mm -hmm. And then it went into crack around 80, you know, 86, mm -hmm. 87. And it just yeah. took off from just there. Just decimated. Yeah. It. Made yeah. every, it, it changed the lifestyle. Every, you know, yeah. even some of the Crips went on crack. You yeah, know? for so, sure. For sure. You, you know. I, you've seen a lot of, a lot of the ballers, a lot of the pimps, yeah. the players. Yeah. Cause yeah. It's like it broadsided the community. They didn't know what it was, no. you know. And cocaine back then was a party drug, fashionable. Definitely. You know what I mean? So yeah. I yeah. think that uh, it was so cheap yeah. that it wasn't like 
you know, Coke was a little bit more expensive. Exactly. And so people, you know, it was like a version of like stress weed as opposed to mm -hmm. some, some bomb. Right. You know, right. some good. So right. it took over. People got hooked on it. Yeah. And they couldn't get them off of it. Yeah. You know, it turned into a, like a crack vampire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. How did, how, did, how did you, I mean, as as being, it seems like you was a precocious kid kind of doing the right thing and into your music. Yeah. How did you, how did you navigate, you know, the pitfall? Did you, did you experience any violence or anything firsthand? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've experienced a lot of my friends uh -huh. uh, that started selling it mm -hmm. and uh, they were going to jail and then getting into it with other people who, mm -hmm. who, who gave it to them to sell mm -hmm. and they came up short because yep. they ended up smoking. Yep. Yep. You know, it just uh, a lot of that. I saw people get killed. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of I lost a lot of friends to it from mm -hmm. drug dealing and yeah. drug deals going bad, right? And then getting killed, you know, for that, right? So that's what like kind of affected me because these were childhood friends that I yeah. grew up with, and it was like, damn, you know, you could have went this way, but yeah. you went that way. That scared you. That, yeah, that it basically, did. yeah, it, it did a little bit, but it uh -huh. toughened me and it made me, you know, look yeah. at life a lot different. Right, you know, right. It made me stay on my path. I, I wasn't really interested in any, anything else. Yeah, but music. Yeah, you know? so yeah. that's what kind of drove me for a long time. Is, what was you your? Know? So did your parents? Did they support you? One? Did you know early on that you wanted to? No, I want to make music. I want to be a producer. Or did you have aspirations to do other things? No, I just wanted to. Really? Plan A. Okay. I followed my path since I was a baby. Okay. I never had any. It, it was, you know, it's crazy, man. You know, when you're driven you don't really, you have these blinders on where you're yep. not looking at mm -hmm. anything else that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the strength comes in and the blessing that I was able to be endowed with mm -hmm. just the strength to, to look, okay, that's happening, that's happening. No, I'm gonna stay with this. Whatever yeah. drove me didn't let me do anything else. Okay. Any, anytime I did something silly, yeah. it always backfired. Right. And if, right. if I swayed off the path, yeah. I would get in trouble, I'd go to jail, I would yeah. do something, you know, I would uh -huh. get in, in deep trouble because uh -huh. I'm going off of my path. Right. And I just learned, like, look, if I... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Stay on my path and really believe in what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here on this planet to do. Right. Then I can I can succeed at it. And I think that's with anything. You know, yeah, if you yeah. focus on it and you you believe, there's nothing that can throw you off of it. No, you that's know? right. That's it, right. You know, people you'd be ducking and dodging yeah. everything that comes your yeah. way. So it just I stayed focused. Did you ever have to do any real like serious stints in jail? No. Okay. They were just, you know, driving get, without a license, shit like uh, that. Uh, you know, um, what do you call it when you don't show up for your uh for your court, court date? date. Yeah. Okay. So I got yeah. caught with my gun probably like 90, 90, I think maybe 97, 96. Okay. Uh, and I went to jail and uh -huh. then I didn't do uh, <laughs> I mean, I we did, all we all I got one of those. The, yeah. I didn't do the time, so I ended up on uh on doing Caltrans yeah, on the yeah, freeway. Yeah, then I yeah. didn't finish that, went Damn. back, got caught. I remember it's a funny story. I was it was uh me and a good friend of mine, uh uh Curtis Baldwin, uh we were on our way to a, I think it was a, was it a, uh, a party? Yeah, we were on our way to uh, Keyshawn Johnson's birthday party. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, and uh, we had all, you know, we got geared up and everything. Yeah. That's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Keyshawn. Uh, yeah, the football player. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. This is like <clears throat> late '90s. I was a big 90s. fan of him. Shout out Keyshawn. Johnson. Yeah, he invited us to his party, so we're, you know, we all 
decked out, you know what I'm saying, looking, yeah. looking dope and everything. And, and I, you know, I pulled over just to get a car wash, at, you know, at the hand car wash, I pulled yeah. over and the police got behind me. And I'm like, damn, you know, you know why are they behind me? Yeah. Apparently one of my headlights was out, I mean, right. my taillights was yeah, out. Yeah. So they pulled me over to give me a ticket for that. So you know how when they come mm. over and knock on the window and be like, you know what, you know, yeah. you know, it's just your taillight. They came to the window, was like, you know, we got some good news, it's <laughs> <Some> bad news. <laughs> the good news is we're not gonna take your car. The bad news is we gotta take you to jail because you got a warrant. Yeah. And this was probably a year, maybe, maybe a year and a half of uh -huh. me not fulfilling my uh -huh. my you know yeah. my task on doing the community service so yeah. it, i would go to jail for crazy stuff fighting Damn. you know <laughs> getting in fights you know because yeah. you get tested yeah, yeah 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 you know i mean you seem like a good you know what i mean good natured good you know what i'm I saying am, yeah. but i'm not a buster right so right I'm you ain't gonna let fight you, try. I, yeah, you know yeah. i don't i think you know i think we get we've gotten so caught up mm. in uh being tough yeah and yep. labeling certain, you know, gangs yeah. as you being tough. You're like, yeah. no, my dad was tough. Yeah. He went, you know, he he didn't wasn't scared of nothing, went to went to the army and all mm -hmm. of that. That's a real took care of a family of, right. of four people or five people. That's tough. Right. You know, and I was just raised to take up for yourself. And yeah, for sure. Throw them hands if you have <laughs> throw to. Throw them and, hands, win, yeah. lose, or draw. Be a man. Yeah. You know, yeah. so even if you lose, a motherfucker gonna respect you. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fight you every day. Yeah. And you're yeah. gonna get tired, be like, nah, he gonna fight. But, you know, <laughs> leave him alone. But I've been through everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what were your, because uh, I mean, you coming from LA, man, y'all locals were, you know, grew to be superstars. You know what I'm right. saying? What were some of your early musical influences, uh, both in LA and out of LA? Ooh, let's see. Uh, uh, things that made me want to be a producer or yeah. just music or, that I love. Or, yeah, like, you know, you had, um, who'd you have? You had Unknown. You had, you know, the people kind of that were a little bit ahead of you, you know, at that time. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. So mm -hmm. growing up listening to jazz mm -hmm. and listening to big band music, which is what my parents introduced me to, mm -hmm. uh, it was really Quincy Jones mm -hmm. on the higher level mm -hmm. of making me want, you know, Mm -hmm. influencing me to be a producer and be behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would meet people like, uh, later on in my life, I met people like DJ Battlecat, who we became- Oh, that's the homie. He's yeah, been to the show. Yeah, yeah. we became yeah. real close as yeah. buddy, as friends. Yeah. So uh, that's who I kind of looked up to, like, you know, he okay. had all the equipment at his house. I'd go okay. over to his house. You know, we both from two different hoods. Yeah. So I would take the back streets and yeah. go to Cat's house and learn how to play, you know, yeah. learn, learn the SB 1200 and all his uh -huh. equipment. And then, uh, you know, uh, unknown, mm -hmm. you know. Um, was unknown from Compton? I'm not sure if he was from Compton okay. or Watts or where he was from, but I met him, uh, I met him through some other people okay. uh, when I got up to uh, okay. to Death Row. Because unknown had techno hop? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so that had, you know, early King T. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, Dre, you know, everybody mm -hmm. looked up to Dr. Dre. Of course. Uh, but really my influences were pretty much people that I've admired coming, gotcha. growing up, you know, like, gotcha. like I said, Quincy, uh, yeah. um, uh, all of the big band, okay. uh, music, uh, you know. When I you would, say big band, Earth, Wind and Fire, Confunction, Barcase, yeah. shit and, like that. And you know, Count Basie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking like real, uh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because that's, I, that, you know, my parents weren't into hip hop. Mm -hmm. They had me late. Okay. So my my mom, I think my mom had me at like almost 40 years old. Oh, wow. So I'm okay. a child of an older, yeah. older yeah. birth. Got you. And uh, they they were from like the, 
I would say I Love Lucy days. That was their time. So by the time the 70s hit, they were already Mm -hmm. older. And uh, when funk came out and all of that, then my cousins and my sister was listening to Luther Vandross. And so I got introduced to a lot of music through my sister and my cousins. And then my one of my other sisters, she was listening to Duran Duran. and Duran so, Duran was a shit low. Yeah, in the 80s, you, yeah, can't, the 80s, you can't lie man. and say that you didn't listen yeah. to Duran Duran. Duran Duran, REO Speedway. That part. Um, uh, Culture Club. Culture, definitely that. Uh, um, uh, uh, who did Careless Whisper? Uh, uh, Wham. Uh, Wham. Yeah, before you know he I mean? went solo, George Hell Michael. yeah, all of that so shit. So it was a yeah. lot of influence musically that made me want to create everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, damn, you know, I want to be a, a real music producer and not be pigeonholed and yeah. stuck in one sound. For sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if you're going to be a producer, I, I, I admire Quincy Jones because he went from producing uh, It's My Party. Yeah. yeah. You know, he did uh-huh. that song and then went on and did Frank Sinatra, then yeah. went on and did Michael Jackson. So you yeah. want to, I wanted <clears> to be a music producer yeah, as and, opposed to just the sound of yeah. this. And you, you know, know what's so what's so intriguing, bro? This is why I say even with the youngsters, man, it's, it's so good to learn history because I just yeah. recently found out two things. Mm-hmm. I just recently found out that uh, Quincy Jones did Sanford and Son theme music. I didn't that know part. that. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. And then uh, um, Bobcat is from L.A. That's my boy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because he was with LL. I thought he was from the East Coast. No. <laughs> Bobcat is is a real one too. Yeah. 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 He's real. He used to, he used to, when I got on Roofless, he used to look at me and, and, and smile. Yeah. Every time I every time I go in the studio, he'd be doing like this. And uh-huh. I'd be like, why are you always doing that? Uh-huh. And he put me to the side. He was like, because you have no idea what you're about to be involved in in this music business. Yeah. And he used to just be like, you enjoying yourself? <laughs> you know, because I was That's coming dope. up at the time. Yeah. So he was like, you know, they were like my, Big br- little big brothers. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when I was coming up, and they would, you know, him, Yella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a, I had a lot of guidance. You know, oh, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. What was your, so your parents supported you? Did what was your first piece of equipment? I'm uh, curious at that time. It was SB twelve hundred. SB twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. Do you still use SB twelve hundred? Not at all. Really? You uh-huh. know, DJ Paul still uses the SB twelve hundred. Hey, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> I think I, you Quick know, might might too. I think, I think too. Uh, once technology changed, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, what's so crazy, I was so fast at it mm-hmm. and knowing everything about it, I don't know if if I know how to work it anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think I'm gonna go back and see what I can remember. Cause yeah. back then I did all, you know, pretty much all these, the records that I produced were on the SP 1200 and the MP, so. Okay. Uh, but no, technology made me go into the future. Okay. So that would be like getting on a propeller Right. <laughs> Where I got to go outside and like. But I know, you, know you ain't doing your beats on the computer now, though. Yeah. Are you? All of them. So you doing Fruity Loops and all no, of that? No. Okay. I use Studio One. Okay. Uh, by a company called Personas. Okay. But you still playing keys though. Oh yeah. That's what I meant. Like oh, you're, yeah, you're playing yeah. the keys. You're not, cause you know, they yeah. got it now to where you ain't got to play no keys. Well, I can do you both. Can just, okay. I, you know, um, <clears throat> I decided, you know, not to, you can't get mad at uh, advancement in technology. Right. And it was tough. It was it was kind of tough uh, learning mm-hmm. how to make the music on the different technology, right? Because it had a different. Um, when Pro Tools first came out, it sounded real tinny and weak, mm-hmm. and it wasn't warm and, and yes. real. Like yeah. if, you, if you're if right. you have a real EQ, the computer mm-hmm. doesn't know. It's not tubes in the computer. It's numbers that are trying to interpolate what a real sub sounds like. Right. So. 
I think they kind finally kind of got it to where the <clears throat> algorithm figured out maybe around 2000 and maybe two. Yeah. And, you know, but before that, everything sounded kind of like- I agree with you. Thin as hell. Because we started, uh, before Pro Tools in the 90s, I was an artist too. I was signing No Limit in 95. Yeah, and um, uh, well, when I was at No Limit, we were recording on Real to Real. And even we were using, remember the Tascam ADATs? Yes. You had the Alesis and the Tascam. Yeah. And so uh, then in the late 90s, it was Cakewalk. You remember Cakewalk? Yep. I had all of them. Yeah. And you skipped over Q-base. the ASR 10? Yeah, Cubase. Yeah. 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 All of it. <laughs> and I, I remember not liking the, mm. the it was too hot. I, yeah. You know, you used to that warm. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Warm sound, that cassette yeah. tape sound. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, analog. Analog. Yeah. And I had to, I had to adjust to CDs. Yeah. Because when I first heard CDs, I was like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, it was real crisp. Too crisp. But it wasn't warm enough. Right. Right. So now, you know, what's so crazy mm-hmm. now? The technology has gotten so deep that they've realized that the noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is called artifacts, mm-hmm. are, is what made the music warm because mm-hmm. it's electricity going through those tubes back right. then. So now they've <clears throat> added, <laughs> they've added noise on plugins that are more expensive that use more CPU power. So the more expensive plugins, yeah. they're very powerful. But if you if you solo them, mm-hmm. you know, inside of any kind of DAW which you're using, yeah. you'll hear like a like a sh- yeah. like noise yeah. and that's what adds to the the warmth the, the, the warmth warm. and bigness yeah. of the sound so we got out of analog to try to fake it and go back it's, <laughs> it's crazy funny. but i like i said i i enjoy it i'm you know i'm yeah. i'm having a lot of fun see you know? that's that's real producer shit right yes. there you yeah. see <laughs> like algorithms <laughs> I know but, when you said algorithm, I'm like, we ain't on IG, nigga. Yeah. Like, what you? <laughs> yeah, but nah, that's dope though. Yeah, just enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's dope. So, going back, bro. So, I'm assuming what high school did you go to? I went that, to Sarah. Which one? Sarah High School. Okay, where's in Gardena? Okay, because I know high schools mean something in LA. Mm-hmm. That usually dictates, you know, again going back to the hood politics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I went. It was a Catholic all boys school, mm-hmm. so. You had two high schools, they were, uh, and they were all boys. Mm-hmm. One was uh, Verbin Day, mm-hmm. and the other one was Sarah High School, mm-hmm. and then the rest of them were co-ed. So okay. you had Sarah High School, then the females. You had uh-huh. Regina Chaley and St. Mary's. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of actresses came out of St. Mary's and Regina yeah. Chaley, and then a lot of producers and actors uh, and musicians came out of Sarah, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of football players and, and basketball players. Mm-hmm. Um, Montel Jordan went to Sarah. Oh, yeah. nice. And, Another uh, tall nigga. Yeah, 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 he's taller than me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. he was like my big bro when yeah. I first got over there. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, I went to Sarah, and that's pretty much it. I went to, that, that's the high school I went to and finished Dope. out and graduated Dope. from there. So once you graduated high school, you got on kind of pretty early. Is that when you ran into, uh, got involved with Paperboy? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, all, like, me and a, a good friend of mine, uh, 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 DJ Slice Mega, we mm-hmm. you know we became good friends in high school, and mm-hmm. I would always go to his house after high school, and he was dope, super dope on the turntables. Mm-hmm. But he had an 808 and and a whole lot of other equipment, so I would go over there and we would just make make beats, and mm-hmm. I'd be sitting there just creating. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's one of those things where when you don't have something, 
you have to utilize what's around you. So I had a lot of people <clears throat> that had equipment and had access to the studios. Uh, when I met Paperboy, it had to be around like 90, the end of 91. Mm -hmm. uh, another good friend of mine owned a rim shop called International Records right there on uh, Manchester and Van Ness. This mm -hmm. is way before the riots. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one of my good partners, Anthony McFarland, he, uh, he had a, a lot of artists. So sometimes when I'd be over at Battle Cat House, I would leave Cat's house because, you know, straight mm -hmm. down Van Ness, mm -hmm. you know, that's uh, one of my, you know, my boy's yeah. uh, rim shop. Mm -hmm. So I would go up there, mm -hmm. he had an SP 1200 up there and I would just take a, a box full of disc mm -hmm. uh, and go up there and just start making beats while he would be handling his business. Mm -hmm. So all of his little artists would come up there and they'd be freestyling to, you know, every beat I'd put in, they'd start freestyling. Yeah. And then Paperboy walked in, you know, uh -huh. he walked in with the box head, box top. <laughs> I'm like, who's this nigga right yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> but he, his flows was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, he had like, around that time, I think um, Second to None was popping. Oh, Quick, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Quick was doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of sounded like how they flowed. A little bit. But yeah. it was doper though. Yeah, it was like, bit. he had his little yeah. twang on it. I was like, damn, he had, you know, so I put in a, you know, I just start putting uh -huh. in disc and started playing beats. And uh, he was, you know, we kind of, you know, caught the bond of like, yeah. man, you know, I need to produce you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, all of us broke, no money, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But we, you know, we kind of linked up and started working and then we kind of lost touch a little bit mm -hmm. um, in between. Cause there was a stint where I would be going over to uh, be around death row. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different story. So I had like yeah. several things going yeah. on at the same time. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, I ran, ran into Paperboy there. He uh, popped up at my house the summer of 91. Mm -hmm. And he said, I got a guy that wants to put some money into me. And uh, I, I want you to do this record. He's mm -hmm. like, Rhythm, I need you to, you know, I need you to flip Do Why Diddy right. by Roger. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting there like, man, that, that shit is fast as hell, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> like, dude, like, cause it was super fast. Yeah. It sounded country and uh -huh. funk at the same time. So I was like, all right, let me figure out how I'm gonna do this. And uh, he was like, man, just let me know when you do it and, you know, put it on cassette mm -hmm. <laughs> when you finish. Mm -hmm. So I went in the house uh, and I got on the SP and I was like, damn, there's some, there's a way that I got to slow this down. Now, mm -hmm. no technology. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Do I sample it and, and use the full loop? And I was like, nah, because we got to really pay for that. Right. So I chopped it up and I added my own baseline to it and just took bits and pieces of it and replayed it through the SP 1200 and made my own beat out of it. And he, he loved it and yeah. went off and wrote to it. And I was at a few studios at the time. I got some studio time at one. Uh, my partner, John Ferguson, went in there and paid for the you know studio time. Mm -hmm. And we recorded a hit record. Yep, do Didn't I know did. it was a hit. What was it, Diddy? It was Diddy, Diddy. straight Diddy. I didn't want him to call it that, Yeah, but Pape decided he wanted to still yeah. call it Diddy, which made it put light on the fact that I sampled, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, John put the money behind it, and uh -huh. it started really hitting in the streets, the swap meets. Yeah, I remember. And then it had a flip side mm -hmm. uh, of another joint called the Nine Yards, mm -hmm. which was getting played in the clubs. Now, the, now what's crazy about that is uh, John's brother, uh, Dave Ferguson, mm -hmm. promoted a really big club in L.A. at the time called Jamaica House. Okay. And uh, I was really popular up there, me mm -hmm. and my whole clique. Mm -hmm. We were, like, super popular. It was like the 
ghetto version of uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of actors and mm -hmm. actresses and upcoming musicians. And we were all like friends, but we that was our go-to spot. Right. And uh, I had no idea at the time that they were the ones that were putting the money behind pay. Mm. And then I found out, and so I started getting into the club free. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, I'm like doing it like Diddy in, yeah. in LA. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the song broke at Jamaica House. Okay. So, you know, uh, the DJ would uh -huh. play it all the time and it started it started getting bigger and bigger and then yeah. it got on Power 106 mm. on a like, uh, it was like a whack it or track it. Right. Uh, you know, people call in and say if they right. like it or not. And it started winning for like two months straight. Never wow. got beat until uh, EPMD's Keep the Crossover okay. came and took it off. But by okay. that time, uh, they had found distribution for it. Uh, what did that? Uh, what did that single come out? What company? Who put that out? Uh, came out on Polygram Next Plateau. Okay. So that was the label that had Salt and Pepper okay. and a lot of really big yeah. East Coast rappers okay. were on it. And it was uh, owned by a guy by the name of Eddie Eddie O'Offlin. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was uh, Next Plateau. Did you understand the music business at that Absolutely time? not. Okay, that yeah. was my next question. I had no clue. So you didn't know about publishing, writer's at credit, all. none of that? At all. Okay. At all. And you know, the st I have a story about the publishing that's real deep mm -hmm. on that record. Uh -huh. You know, you uh, can share it, go if, if you can. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, shit. yeah, let's hear it. Because uh, I mean, we so, hey, we want the youngsters to learn. Yeah. You know? So I didn't know anything about publishing. Yeah. And this is gonna, you know, go mm -hmm. into me meeting easy. Right. Right. So uh, I didn't know anything about publishing, and the guys lied to me and Paperboy mm -hmm. and told us that we weren't. They weren't going to be able to get the deal unless we signed over all our publishing mm -hmm. to them. Okay. So we were like, damn, you know, the record's doing good. What yeah. do we do? It was like, well, just sign right here in the dark room. And, right. You know, we're good. So they're looking at us and the, their faces as we're signing were like mischievous. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah. like, damn, did we do the right thing? You know, right. but we signed it over and uh, the song blew up. Right. It I mean, it's it was playing on the radio yeah. back to yeah. back to where it I was. even got tired of hearing. Yeah, real shit. So real shit. Uh, <laughs> long story short, um, I got screwed mm. out of my publishing. Now they, they made at a least really... give you the mechanicals. Mm -hmm. Did they at least give you the mechanicals? Yeah, I got mechanicals, okay. but publishing okay. is the most important, right? Absolutely. Because after a while, the the song's gonna stop. For selling, sure, for know? sure. Uh, but I got my mechanicals. That mm -hmm. was crappy. You know, yeah. I signed over a whack deal on that. Yeah. But uh, where they messed up mm -hmm. was the back of the CD said produced and arranged by David Rhythm D. West. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Mm -hmm. In full black. Right. So it was like uh, later on mm -hmm. when I met Eze, he, me and him became really close as friends. Like that mm -hmm. was like my mentor. Right. And. We're driving in, in the car, I can remember like it was yesterday. We're going down, you know how La Brea's got that hill yep. before you get to Slauson? Uh -huh, yep. And we smashing down the hill and the Diddy comes on. He's like, man, this shit is banging. He's like, man, he's like, man, you, you got a lot of publishing coming. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And he goes, skirt, 
Bernie's there. He pulled over where that, you know, that Ralph's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he pulled over into Ralph's and was like, he was like, what is publishing? He's like, you you did get your publishing, right, Rhythm? And I'm like, I'm like, nah. He's like, did you sign it over? And I was like, yeah. Cause they told me I couldn't get, yeah. you know, the deal wasn't gonna happen. And he was like, give me those dudes number. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, him and Jerry Heller punked them niggas into giving my shit back. Right? Oh shit. Yeah, it was Real it was shit. crazy. Yeah, that, you know, I- Yeah, salute yeah, to E, man. For sure, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the first time I seen some Hollywood gangster yeah. shit go down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, they couldn't give it all back. Uh-huh. But- uh, Something better than nothing though. Way better. Yeah. You know, Jerry Heller, Ain't no, wasn't no joke. Yeah. And that's so, real you know, shit. I think he called them down and made them think that he was going to give them some sort of deal or something. Uh -huh. And they walk in the room and the bodyguards, <laughs> you know, Big Mike Durrett, and yeah. they, you know, they looked like Terminators. Yeah. And yeah. They stood in front of the door and was like, Rhythm, hold on. We're going to yeah. get with you in a minute. Right. So I go in there, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm hanging out at the office. Yeah. They come out with a check of like 40 or 50,000. And hand it to me, like, we'll have the rest for you later. Or walk out. It, it was dope. That's though. real shit. And then Jerry's yeah. like, Rhythm, come here and give me my 20%. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was dope. That, you know, yeah. that yeah. was a turning point yeah. in teaching me, you know, what publishing was. Right. And right. so after that, I had publishing checks coming in for oh, 20,000 and 15,000 and yeah. 30,000. You know, it was like, you know, I got at least probably maybe maybe 40% of my publishing. That's back. dope, that's yeah. dope. Man, you yeah. know, and I wanna drag it back a bit cause mm -hmm. I know you are ruthless through and through. All you day. know what I mean? Yeah. Ruthless for life. Yeah. But you started with Death Row. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. did you, let me ask you. So did you start with Death Row? Did you start when it was Fern Hill? And when it was, you know. I started when it was Future Shock. Future Shock. Yes. Okay. And it was, yeah, I met. Cause I think Fern Hill was before Future Shock. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but not Future sure. Future Shock was, yeah. I met Suge first. Uh huh. Out of everybody. Okay. And how I met him was uh, a really good friend of mine, a female rapper named Diamond. Mm -hmm. She grew up next door to me. Mm -hmm. It's like my my buddy. Mm -hmm. And you know she's real close with Corrupt and a lot of Six O's and mm -hmm. all that. But she could rap her ass off. Mm -hmm. And we ran back into each other later on in life. And she would just start bringing rappers, you know, to my house. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I was simultaneously, me and Battle Cap would be hanging out. He'd be making beats mm -hmm. and I'd be at his house hanging out with him, but he was producing an artist named Sparkle mm -hmm. at the time, a female rapper. And uh, me and her became cool later on. And she introduced me to her cousin, which is Suge. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, my cousin, he got her label going and uh, you should meet him, Rhythm, I'm gonna introduce y'all. And she gave me Suge's number and she connected us and I met Suge at, uh, <clears throat> I met him at the uh, Fat Burger mm -hmm. on uh, Lancashire. Okay. And this had to be like 90, it was like 92. Okay. All, everything happened in 92. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I met him there and he come out, he's like, you know, Suge got this little twitch that if you don't know him, yeah, you know, like anybody say they know him, Suge does. He has a twitch to him, yeah. you know, like a like a bull. Uh huh. And he come out. He's like, "What's up?" You know, wham. He's talking. He's like, "Man, we gonna get you some. You know, we gonna get you. You know, fuck all these busters. We gonna get you some <laughs> some work." I'm like, "That's what's up." You know, what I mean? yeah. We, you know, I, you know, we we hit it off like brothers. You know, yeah. like all these. It's just crazy, man. All these dudes, <clears throat> they be like brothers to me. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We yeah, can put sure. each other in knuckle niggies, yeah. but. All the stuff that everybody else hears, uh -huh. I have never witnessed it. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But 
we we you know we hit it off, but I didn't know that was Death Row. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought it was another brother from the hood mm -hmm. that was you know trying to follow in the steps of Eze -E and Ruthless. Because okay. every brother in the hood that had uh, had some dope money mm -hmm. or what they was doing, sure. they were all trying to follow in that, sure. in the footsteps of Eze -E yeah. or or uh, Barry Gordy, right. you know. And uh, I met him, and then we kind of lost touch, mm -hmm. and I went back to working on Paperboy's album. Mm -hmm. And I would, I probably a few months after that, uh, Diamond came to my house and she bought, she bought Rage with her. Okay. My first time meeting Rage. Uh huh. And Rage came to my in my room, like my old bedroom that I grew up in, and I was making beats. Yeah. And Rage was like busting on him. She was like, <laughs> she was like, nigga, that shit is dope. Like, you need to meet Dr. Dre. And I'm sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> I need to meet Dre. And uh, she, she called. Um, she made a phone call to, um, who did she call? She called one of the engineers, uh, John Payne. Mm -hmm. He's a really good friend of mine too. And he was the main engineer at Death Row at the time. And he called me to come down to the studio. And that's when I found out that Suge, that that was Suge's label. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he had me come down there. I'm bringing my equipment. I went into the studio. First time being on an SSL board. And I was mm -hmm. like, damn, this shit is dope. And I plugged everything up and I started playing John Payne beats. Mm -hmm. And he called Suge on the phone. He was like, he was like yeah, he dope. You know, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you, we ought to fuck with him. Yeah. Just take him out to Dre's house. And uh, that's how it all linked up. Suge came, came up to the studio. Mm -hmm. We went over to Roscoe's and yeah. started eating, chopping it up. And yeah. uh, that's how I got connected to Death Row. Okay. And you know, so what was it like? What was the temperature of Death Row at that time? Because you got Dre, Dre was there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, now you're here with the infamous Dr. Dre, right? You know what I mean? Like, so what was it like getting in the studio with him? I was in, like, I, I would have my own time. Okay. Uh, Dre would be in the studio probably from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at night. Okay. He 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 treated it like a job. Mm -hmm. Like he, 11 to you know, yeah. 11 a.m. seven, I'm out of here. Yeah. And so after around that time, I would come in, she would, uh, uh, would come and pick me up and he would bring me up there and I would be working on like Sugar Free mm -hmm. before anybody knew who Sugar wow. Free was. Yeah. Okay. Even before he got with DJ Quick. He was, a, he was, he was doing stuff was, with Quick okay. at the time, okay. but he wasn't, at the time, I don't think he was calling himself Sugar Free. Okay. So he'd be in there clowning me like, hey, yeah. Rhythm Shit, you, you fucking with all these uh, uh, celebrity bitches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who you gonna be with next? Uh, Willie Nelson's niece, you yeah. know? He was, that, that was my boy, man. Yeah, he he had me funny, rolling, but, yeah. he, but he's a real one. Yeah. And he was talented. Like, you know how some people be like, that's who they are yeah. and that's authentic. Yeah. You know, I think Sugar Free, E-40, yeah. Too Short, like that's authentically them. They are those personalities. Right. So their music is that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, but yeah, I'd be up there with him at like from like seven to late at night making beats and, mm -hmm. and recording stuff. And, you know, Colin Wolf would be there. Like everybody that would be yeah. up there working, I had access to all the musicians. And so all you that. witnessed, did you, did you see the chronic come together? Yeah, okay. I actually saw it come together. Yeah. Okay, did you work on the chronic? Uh, no, okay. I didn't really, I, I would, uh, I came in one day mm -hmm. and uh, I think Dre was working on um, a nigga with a gun. 
nigga with a motherfucking yeah. gun. And I saw him pull pull it up. He looking at me, pulling up all the tracks. I'm like, damn, nigga, they're going the loop. This nigga gonna put the loop to friends in there. <laughs> oh shit, what is that? You, you know, Houdini friends? Yeah, that's what's in the nigga with a gun. You right. Show boom. is. Yeah, I was Show like, is. that's why he Drake. Yeah, I was like, it was dope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, it was like. Samples going on. I think yeah. if I'm mistaken, dad, dad's is scratching on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was dope mm -hmm. and it was clear. Mm -hmm. It was like super stereo, yeah. you know, the mixing on it was ridiculous, yeah. you know? But uh, like I said, I had my own time in there mm -hmm. late at night uh, to work on whatever else okay. uh, Suge had on I the see. label. I see. So I did, uh, I ended up producing a song called Down With My Nigga on the deep cover soundtrack. Okay. Uh, that Snoop wrote the hook for in mm -hmm. three two, uh, from Houston. Yeah, three two okay. from Rest Houston. Rest in peace to Houston. Yeah, I mean uh, three two. Yeah, it was yeah. three two and Big Mike. They would be at the studio, so I'd yeah. be I'd be doing stuff for them. Oh, okay. And like I had all the other uh, artists to work with, okay. Joel and Rage, yeah. and yeah. so we'd all be up there working and smoking weed mm -hmm. and you know just having a good time, and. Uh, that was like my time at, at Death Row. Oh, okay. Did you witness any of the bullshit that they, um, the beat downs and the, or nah, that came later? They came after I would show up. Okay. They'd be like, man, do you, you <laughs> okay. I'm coming into the studio. She just slapped a nigga around and oh, did, okay. you know, I'm like, man, I missed all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, it didn't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cross my, you know, okay. I knew that it wasn't to be fucked with. Right. I knew that the whole label was gangsters as a motherfucker right. because of the Crip and Blood element, yeah, yeah. you know, it was like Crips and Bloods, yeah, you know, it, yeah. that was like the United Nations yeah. <laughs> of gangbanging. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, being that you knew Suge personally, uh -huh. you know, intimately uh, as a brother, uh -huh. you know, um, I mean, does he get a bad rap? Is Suge different than what, you know, not absolving him of anything gangster shit he did, uh -huh. but I'm just saying, like, is his reputation, is that real? Or do you, you know, cause like DOC, He's like, man, Suge is a big kid, like, you know. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you've got cousins, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got big cousins. Yeah. And you got bully cousins. Yeah. So Suge would be the bully cousin uh -huh. that if he love you, sky's the limit. Right. And if you're not on that, you're not going to get that from I him. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not on no yeah. super crib yeah. blood or nothing, you know? So yeah. I got the big brother Suge. Got you. But when he would be around that mm -hmm. that's when that comes out okay. and it was no joke mm -hmm. you feel me like yeah. the heart like the super crip and the mm -hmm. super blood and he would mm -hmm. be like that you know he would turn into something yeah else i got you i think he was good for the industry when it comes to people when it comes to the labels fearing trying to fuck us over with, with money you yeah. know what i'm saying do you feel like he fucked his artists over though uh, he didn't fuck me over. Okay. I got all my publishing on mm -hmm. on uh, down with my nigga on the soundtrack. Okay. Anything mm -hmm. else I did for him, I got all of it. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have any issues with him. Wow. Uh, okay. When it came to that. Uh -huh. Now other things, uh, 
what are the on other the issues Holly, you had? The yeah. Hollywood aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, initiations in the death row and really? all that type. Oh man, it was Hollywood as fuck, bro. Like, Initiation? You mean like some, some jumped in, in shit, like row, some gang shit, or, or, or some other shit? You know, oh. it was a lot of a lot of weirdo shit that would that did have nothing to do with making music. Really? Yeah. At death row? Yeah, at death row. To people that were trying to be involved that yeah. they didn't have no love for. You know, really? so a lot, yeah, like we started all that shit. Yeah. Like all the stuff, all the stories that you hear about the music industry, yeah. our generation and the, and the generation before us started all of that. Wow. So, you know? so, so let me, let me clarify. When you say initiation, like what? Like Whatever what? we tell you to do, you oh. gotta do so it. So like some hazing shit. Whatever we tell you to do, this is your task. Uh-huh. In order for you to be down, this is your task. Now, I don't know who else. Yeah. Who else had to deal with that? Yeah. So I but mean, a, so you know, so we ain't just talking gangster shit. If we want you to fuck a chicken, then you gotta fuck a chicken and <laughs> that part. Oh shit, I ain't never heard yeah, that. Yeah, it's like oh, uh, like <laughs> that's crazy. You know, what's so crazy about the industry, it gives you a God complex. Yeah. And what it does, if you're uh you have your you have good people mm-hmm. and you got evil people, mm-hmm. and then you got those people that are somewhere in between that yeah. straddle the fence. Yeah. The industry back then would make you straddle the fence because it would test your morals as mm. opposed to what your dream is and, and where you want to go. Wow. You know. That's crazy that you say that cuz I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I've been around the music industry since the mid 90s, you know, and uh of course being in no limit, I we never had no shit like that, but I'm saying I've heard rumors of what you speaking of. Yeah. I've never witnessed it. I've never seen it or been around it, bro. Man, come on. Yeah. There were so many Excuse me. There were so many different parties. Mhm. And uh, we was wilding. Mm-hmm. It was wild. What's the know? wildest thing you think you've seen that you can say? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that you can say. You don't have to put no names Damn. unless you want to. You know what I mean? But the give wildest us thing juicy. that I that I could say that I've seen on tape. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not gonna say who it is, but uh, they had somebody on tape. Mm-hmm. Taking a dump. Oh, I mean, and that's wiping like wiping themselves and then smelling it once they. Yeah, I mean, that's like some high, high school yeah, college so shit. It's weird. Of, but, yeah, so now know. we have this on you. Ah, uh, yeah, but, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was like I said, it was a yeah. lot of weirdo stuff that had yeah. nothing to do with making music. How did they even get that tape though? I have no idea. Probably putting <laughs> a little camera in the bathroom. Oh, and, that's crazy. Yeah, just weird. Just. Stuff that had had nothing to do with making music. Wow. That would just be like, come on now. Yeah. You so know? what what drove you from Death Row? Why you didn't stay at Death Row? Uh, I realized that I had a hit record already. Mm-hmm. The Diddy was popping. Yeah. And a couple of things that came at me was like foul. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, y'all think I'm on some punk shit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, damn, you know, don't come at me that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to watch who you admire mm-hmm. when you come up. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Yeah. Like, yep. look at who you look at these stars out here and the mm-hmm. people that you look up to. Yeah. And watch who you praise and admire because they may not be who they might disappoint <clears throat> you. Oh shit! You feel Listen, me, bruh? All the time, yeah. bruh. Do you, you would be surprised at how many um, celebrities? You know, I've been in a blessed position that most of the motherfuckers that I admired and looked up to at some point became uh, 
uh, a colleague or, or, you know, right. I worked with him or I met him or, or, or cultivated some type of relationship. Right. Boy, that's the worst thing sometimes. Yeah. Cause you, cause you, cause you like, God damn, like all these years I've been admiring you and respecting you. Like you a whole weirdo or you a whole, whole ass nigga. That you part. Know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's real shit. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, you know, if you look up to Superman <clears throat> and he turns out to be a piece of shit mm -hmm. and you like, damn, you know, It'll, it'll change you in a way that where you're like, damn, you know, I can't, I have to stick to my moral compass. Yeah, real shit. Was and, the, you know. Was the weird shit um, business? They had you fucked up on business? Or are you talking about, you just had me fucked up with the weird shit? You had me fucked up with the weird shit. I got you. I follow. And um, that's what made me be like, damn, you know, I can't okay. come back here. I left death row around the riots. Okay. When, I got right you. before the chronic drop. I got you. And it was like, damn, you know. Uh, it was disappointing. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, you know, you know, my head, my my thoughts are spinning about what you're talking about. I, you know, but I think I, I think I kind of put yeah, it together though. Put it like this: anything that that was foul didn't happen because it wasn't supposed to happen. And I'm, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. and I, you know, <clears throat> I got my revenge. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like that was supposed to happen, so I would meet Easy E. Right. Right, feel right. Me? I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now you 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 rocking with Paperboy. Yeah. How did you end up at Roofless? I ended up at Roofless because there was a girl uh, that worked at Death Row at the time, and she was a receptionist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I was trying to holler at her, but she wasn't fucking with me. I didn't have no mm -hmm. money. <laughs> Uh, but she thought I was cute or whatever. Yeah. She was like, you know, I got, you know, I'm going to introduce you to these people. But she called me on the phone and she mm -hmm. was like, uh, she was like, a friend of mine needs you, uh, needs some beats. And I was like, okay. And, you know, at the time I was working with anybody that would come yeah. my way, yeah. you know, because Paperboy wasn't paying me yet. I was already right. screwed out of yeah. the, the publishing. Right, right. Royalties so you hadn't hustling. ran in. You so hustling. I'm hustling and I'm yeah. Like, you know, you know, she got some money. Yeah, mm -hmm. she rap rhythm. Wham. I'm like, okay, you know, go ahead and shoot her my number, have her call me. And uh, you know, back then we had pagers. We yep. didn't know, yeah, you know, everything was page. Yeah, you get a page, pager, man. Come get on. a code. With the code. Like, you yeah. Know, let me go yeah. call it back. Yeah. And it was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was Tracy Jarnigan. Uh, oh Easy's baby. Easy mother. baby mama, EB's mom. But I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that's who she was. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know. Around the time, a good friend of mine named Shari Henry, mm -hmm. she was always telling Easy about me. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure she was like, you know, just plumbing in his brain. You need to hook up with Rhythm D. And yeah. he was like, okay, I'm, you know, whatever. But uh, Tracy uh, put the nail in it mm -hmm. and sent me his number, mm -hmm. and he hit me, you know, with the 187. I still got the the, the Skynet pager at For the real? house. Yeah. With his code in it. With his code in it and everything. Oh, that's probably worse. The battery me, is probably like, yeah. <laughs> there's a battery in there that's probably like full on like acid. Yeah, you know. yeah. That bitch probably uh, about to explode. Yeah, he called me like, I think like summer of 92. Uh huh. Paperboy is going off the, it's off the air, just uh -huh. playing. So I think by me having that record, mm -hmm. he was like, you know, I do need somebody that's popping right mm -hmm. now. So he hit me up. And he was like, hey man, you know, you know, I heard you had some beats, you know. And uh, the, you know, the crazy part about the story is Tracy wouldn't tell me who he was. And she would just be like, you know, uh, uh, every time I'd finish a song on her, she'd be like, uh, that shit is hard. 
you need to meet my baby daddy. He uh -huh. needs you right now. And I'm like, what the fuck is your baby daddy? Uh -huh. You feel me? Yeah. And she's like, I tell you, just finish my shit. And oh, like, so right. Tracy rapped at the time. Tracy was rapping. I was oh, producing. Shit. I didn't know that. I was, that's right. that's who had that I oh, leaked okay. up. She had, she okay. needed the beats. Okay. So I was like, okay, let me let me go over here and see what she's talking about. And I started uh -huh. making songs on her, and I knew how to like make the two, you know, two yeah. inch reel go yeah. off, you know, put uh -huh. you on beat even more when you rap. And I knew how to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, 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 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cut about maybe two or three joints on her. Mm -hmm. And uh, the night of the last joint I cut on her, she was like, you know what? Uh, come by my house, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you could crash here instead of me, you know, taking mm -hmm. you all the way back to LA. And I was like, I was like, okay, cool. So when I walked in her house, uh, I saw nothing but NWA plaques and posters mm -hmm. and gold records and everything and I'm like who is your baby daddy yeah and she was like my baby daddy easy e and I was like oh shit oh, now shit. mind you I I know that he's about to get completely dissed right because I, I was up at death row oh so you heard all the shit on the chronic Fuck all the yeah. disses and shit yeah oh, okay. so okay so see how <laughs> yeah, the universe yeah, is yeah 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 you feel me yeah. so I was like damn yeah Go ahead and slide him that yeah. number, you know. And she, you know, like I said, she was cool. She gave, mm -hmm. gave me, gave him uh, my number, mm -hmm. and he hit me up, and I had him meet me at the studio while I was working on Paperboy's album. Okay, you know, I was like, I'm gonna floss on these niggas. I've had Easy E come up here, yeah. y'all trying to screw me out of my shit. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He came up to the studio. I was played him some, uh, some tracks. He wasn't really, he wasn't really feeling that. Filling them that day, okay. so I didn't think that I had, I had got the job. Right. And but before he walked out the door, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, that, that that was cool. He said, come by my house in Norwalk mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow night, mm -hmm. and you know, bring whatever you can, and just come out there and we'll vibe out. And I was yeah. like, okay, damn, he just nigga invited me to the crib. Yeah. So the next night, mm -hmm. I get in my little raggedy hoopty, this backfiring. Damn. I'm smashing down the one oh, you know, yeah. the, I think it was the 91 at the time, the 105. Before the 105. Yeah, before yeah. the 105. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. I get on the 605 and mm -hmm. I, you know, exit, get off and go to his house. And, you know, all of his bodyguards is there. And he had a bunch of equipment in the studio that was collecting dust where nobody in there banging out nothing, but it was all equipment that I didn't have. Right. And so, I, you know, he's like going in there, you know, whip up some shit. And I put out all these discs and some tracks that I had no influence on from anybody. It was mm -hmm. my, mm -hmm. from my brain only. Mm -hmm. And I started putting them in and he, he went, he was in the bathroom. This nigga come out the bathroom and was like, nigga, that shit hard. Yeah. And he pulled out like five, six grand out of his pocket, out of his yeah. sock or something. Out of his sock. He used to keep his shit in the sock. And, yeah. and he was like, you rolling with Ruthless. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am rolling with Ruthless. <laughs> I'm five grand or six yeah, grand richer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the early '90s, that shit went far. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. So yeah. that's that's how we connected. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
uh, do a, what's the roll call? Who who was over there at that time? Because because is it safe to say Ruthless was kind of struggling at that time? Because Dre left, right? You know what I mean. He trying to find his footing, right? Uh, I think this is before uh, Dre One Eighty Seven uh, the album, correct? It's before that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. Uh, it was after uh, Deep Cover, right? Deep Cover was already banging. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying. Easy. He hadn't released the 187 when he's up against the wall with the. Gauge. Oh no! The uh, yeah, the yeah. home for the sick, yeah. the uh, 5150. Are you no. talking about what I did? I think the yeah, which yeah, you did. I did the uh, the 187 uh, of yeah, Dre. Yeah. yeah, way before that. Okay, so uh, so what's the roll call? Who's over at Ruthless at this time? Uh, Hutch, Cocaine, okay. MC Ren, DJ Yella, uh, Menage a Trois, mm -hmm. um, and then a female rap group I that I put together called GBM. Okay. And um, let's see who else is there. Uh, Bone hasn't come into the play yet. Bone hadn't arrived yet. Okay. What about BG uh, Knockout? Mm, all of they that. hadn't arrived yet. Okay. What about uh, Will uh, I Am? He was there. Okay. Um, I think DJ Speed was kind of doing their music with okay. with him. I didn't even know Will did beats then. Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't know he did. Like they, like, so you had to realize something. They were, if you look at the Black Eyed Peas, they mm -hmm. started off. This is way before the Black Eyed Peas, right? And uh, Will I Am was was Will One X. Oh, so it was right. like he was doing sort of like the Fushnikins type of flow, right? You know, right. where it's like da, 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 you know, yeah, what I'm yeah. So, I remember the Fushnikins. Yeah, that was our that was the hip hop side, yeah. of, like the hip hop side of of L.A. Right. hip hop. Got mm -hmm. overshadowed by gangster mm -hmm. rap for sure. So everything from from the Bay Area, yeah. you know, Souls of Mischief, Dale to the Funky Homo Sapiens, yeah, all, all of that was yeah. kind of had its yeah. own lane. Yep. Uh, and so because gangster rap kind of shunned all of that, mm -hmm. you was corny if you wasn't yeah gangster rap. Mm -hmm. So uh, he had a little bit of tough time really making his way mm -hmm. on Ruthless. Mm -hmm. But Easy was the type of uh, CEO that believed. I take a lot of stuff, throw it up, and see what sticks. I could see that. Yeah, I could see. Because even that. with Bone, it was like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, he no. Well, Bone, uh, they had a sound. Yeah, but I mean, it was a sound that was left field at, at the that time. time. Yeah, at that time. At the time, it was so a sound it seemed that was like, left field. Yeah, you know, even right. with HWA, it was like he yeah. just said, "Fuck it, let's just see." You know, it's yeah. like he was always looking for something different. Yeah, because you know? it's product. Yeah. So you look at you have your. I would say baby groups, mm -hmm. and then you got your main mm -hmm. ones that are doing good. So if, as a distributor mm -hmm. or wholesaler, uh, if you're selling mm -hmm. CDs at eight ninety five a pop, mm -hmm. if you sell two or three hundred thousand of this one and that mm -hmm. one, you you do the math. Real you go shit. in your calculator. Yeah. You know the CDs. Yeah. Was the, was the business. So, you know? um, but Ruthless still had their deal with Sony, with Red at that time, right? Yeah, they had, uh, Easy had several distribution deals with, uh, he had he had his label, yeah. which was his imprint for right. Ruthless, Ruthless in Comptown. Uh -huh. And then he had several different distribution deals with different majors. Oh, wow. That's what made him a dope businessman. Ah, you feel okay. me? So he, this record might he, right here might oh, come out wow. on Okay. You feel me? Was well, he relativity. still was was uh yeah, he did fuck with relativity. Yeah. Was uh was McCullough still operating at that time? Uh I don't know, but okay. I he left them alone. Yeah, he grew past yeah, them. He, okay. Yeah, that's that was a super independent time. Right. 
he, I'm pretty sure that's when he sold a bulk of the, you know, out of the trunk of the yeah, car type right, stuff. Right, right, right. Um, all this stuff like uh, Fat Girls on My Jock yeah, and all that type NWA of stuff. Yeah, NWA and the Posse yeah, shit. All of yeah. that was on McCola. Yeah. Uh, so but, you get to Ruthless. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you see the equipment got dust. Mm -hmm. There's no hits over there at the time, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So you get to work. I get to work. Yeah. Uh, you know. So what was one of some of the first songs you did at Ruthless with E? Okay. So some of the first stuff I did was probably uh, It's On. Okay. The actual title song. Is that the It's On motherfucker? That's that song, G. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, I was trying to make something. I was kind of forcing. Uh-huh the diss record yeah. As, a, as opposed to letting it come naturally. Did you give him the play? Did you let him know I was over there with these death row niggas? Oh, that's what made it even better. Oh, okay, so you told him. Yeah, oh, that's okay. why I, <laughs> he met me through somebody that was at death yeah, row. Yeah. And he was like, okay, yeah. this dude's going AWOL. Uh -huh, you know what I'm saying? And uh -huh. you know, I just never looked back. I never communicated yeah. with anybody over there anymore. Right. Once I met him, I was like, it's popping, yeah. you know, it's on. And, and because he was, I mean, he probably was the coolest nigga on the planet, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to everybody that else I met that was Hollywood on right. that bullshit. Right. And uh, I was like, damn, you know, I wanted him to win mm -hmm. because, you know, he gave me a place to stay. I mm -hmm. moved out of my parents' house. I mm -hmm. got a bunch of cars. I was right. like a little prince over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, him and Jerry Heller treated me like a king. Yeah. And dope, dope. Uh, I was spoiled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. paying me, you know, I'm making thousands a week and yeah. just just to go to the studio to produce. Right. You know, he had like he had the uh the formula of he put you on a salary. Mm -hmm. So you just go to the studio, mm -hmm. we pay for the studio time, and you just go willy-nilly and just create as much as you want. I come in and pick what I want and we right. start making it. Right. You know, and we go I'm gonna pay you for what yeah, I choose. For what, yeah, for what I choose. So I'm on salary dope. as a producer. I'm spoiled as hell. Yeah. Money coming out to just having <laughs> a good time and you know and I live with easy. Yeah. You know? So living with Easy, what is what what was e, what was Eric like? Being that you lived with him, a what jokester, was Eric like? mm -hmm. a clowner, mm -hmm. and he was really into like monsters and horror movies, and we both were like that. Mm -hmm. So he would get all types of statues of Chucky and mm -hmm. you know stuff like that, and then he would he would like big weed smoker. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm smoking weed until I, I need, like I can't smoke no more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just like a big brother mm -hmm. to the point to where it was like, I, you know, it's like, like I lost my brother. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah for sure. And, you know, that was deep. I would have never thought yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, you know, it, 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 it taught me a lot. I learned a lot of stuff about a lot of people. Yeah. Through uh, just sitting down on the couch and rolling up blunts and just talking, you know, mm -hmm. I've seen him cry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he was betrayed. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's.